Hello and welcome to the fourth official's EPL World Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, Manchester United fan. Here with Tottenham fan, Dr. Pete. Um, no Ken, no James. It's been hard getting together because uh, I was on vacation last week and James is in and out of the country right now. Ken is, um, I think he's starting a new job and you have small children. Um, Tom, so that, that's our their apology. teams aren't doing anything anyways, let's be honest. True. United, Tottenham, Center of the Galaxy. Sure. sure. Let's just spend 45 minutes talking about our two teams' wins <laughs> that were not impressive. Actually, I am going to give you time when we talk about Tottenham today to get finally get your Conte rant out because oh, you haven't yeah. had one. Yeah, on no, this you, podcast, you idiots were ranting for like thirty minutes, and I just wanted to like throw the tape away. But no, actually, you guys sure. made some really good points on both sides. It was a good argument, but I'll throw in my two cents. I can cover it in about three minutes, so don't worry. Okay. That's fair. I just figured uh, it, for the sake of like just getting it out there as an outlet, you need to be able to rant about your coach, uh, especially how it yeah, went down. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the perspective is different as a fan of that team. Like As an outsider, yeah. you have your insights and everything, but when you're watching every single week, every single game, mm-hmm. you know, yes. there's just a different, a different um, view on things for sure. Yeah, and plus... Ken is obviously very biased against Tottenham, um, and James is a hater. He's not really biased <laughs> against Tottenham. He He's is biased a hater. against every other team and person yes. in the galaxy. And, and he has said that, but he is, I mean, he's still especially a Manchester United hater, but he is a, beyond Manchester United, he's an equal opportunity hater. So yeah, I would call he, him equal opportunity. Yeah. Uh, that's enough about that for now. Um, we are going to talk about the title race. We are going to talk about the top four race. We're going to talk about whether or not Chelsea is the worst big club or having the worst big club season we have ever seen. Mm. And we are going to talk about the relegation battle briefly at the end because it's extremely what interesting. What a battle. Still. It's good, man. Those games are good. Um, all right, let's start with Liverpool versus Arsenal. And at Anfield, you're looking at this match if you're an Arsenal fan. We're coming down the stretch here. Um, you got a lead over Manchester City coming into this game of six points, I think. Actually, maybe it was eight uh, when this game started. Uh, and if you win this game, your your odds of winning the league go way up, or as much up as they possibly can when you're facing City. And if you lose this game, City takes over as the, as the favorite, even though they're behind. Um, yeah, I think because- um, I looked at the odds before the game, um, and it was – even on odds for Arsenal to win this game. So I think they'll be favored in every other game down the stretch except the City game away. Yes. But they'll be favored pretty heavily in most of the other games. You know, I was thinking about that, and, and you, you read everybody talking about Arsenal, including myself, I think they're going to lose the title. I think City's going to win the title. But if you look at it, I mean, City has to win, has to beat them. I mean, City's imperious, imperious right now. They are crushing teams. They are in, they're in that mode that they get into where nobody has a chance, especially when they when they don't even play well and they just, like, chip one in the back post at Erling Holland. You know, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah, it's frightening. So, I mean, I, I think Arsenal has a chance. Um, they draw here against Liverpool. 
it was it, going into the game. A, a point isn't bad for them because Liverpool is still a decent team. Their home form has been superb this year. There's Anfield's still a thing. It's still one of the hardest places to play in. Yeah, they they right haven't now. lost that many games at Anfield this year, even though they've been poor. They well, they've really been terrible away. Yeah, that's like what I mean. Like a lot of teams, actually, um, they've been terrible away. And you know, going into this game, you need at least a point, probably. And they get a point out of it, but the way the game went down, it does feel like two points lost if you're an Arsenal fan, right? Uh, they went up 2-0 within 28 minutes, and they were dominating the game. Liverpool's shoulders dropped a little bit. The same things that had been happening to them defensively happened again. Uh, TAA left out. The the Fabinho just not getting, just not being a force, not being anything, not being a factor. Um, and Virgil van Dijk not being the guy who cleans everything up. Um, but they came back in this game, to their credit. And, um, you know, after Martinelli scored, nice goal there. Gabriel Jesus scores. And it really looked like Arsenal's going to take it to him. Then, Dr. Pete, there's a little incident on the sideline. Chaka and Trent Alexander square up. Chaka, I don't know, tugs around at, at TAA and wakes the crowd up, which has been stunned silent. And yeah, I haven't seen the life up. sucked out of infield in a while like those first two goals did yes yes because they were scored the same way the rest of the goals they've allowed this year have been you know it's like a little bit of defensive fragility a couple players lackadaisical getting back and and not really having any urgency taa and trent Alex, uh, and then um van dyke not saving the day and allison who's actually low-key possibly been the best goalie in the league this year um, which is not a huge surprise, but considering where they are on the table and how good he's been, that's pretty scary um, to where they could be. But anyway, they come back here, and um, I think Chaka's mistake, getting into it and getting the crowd going, A, he's a dumb player. You know, we both knew that. Ken knows it. Uh, but he's kept his dumbness. He's kept it under wraps this year for the most Under wraps part. and has been pretty good and reliable. He plays every game. And they have a position for him where he doesn't have a lot of uh, defensive responsibility when Partey plays. So he's been very usable this year, but getting the crowd back into it, Pete, do you think that was a changing point, or do you think that Liverpool kind of worked their way back into it in other ways? No, I think there was definitely a turning point, and it did get the crowd back into it. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with guys mixing it up in yeah, a game sure. like this. I mean, it happens all the time, and it did mm-hmm. happen to fire the crowd up so in hindsight it looks pretty stupid to do that but games like this they get you know you're going to get the other players fired up that's going to happen um and the crowd's so, always going to get fired up after that so i as dumb as Jaka, it's just part of the game yeah i mean as dumb as Jaka is i i you know if it was somebody else other than Jaka, you wouldn't even think about it he just tends to do dumb things in general but Mm-hmm. Let's put put it this way. It's like number 99 on the 100 dumbest things he's done for Arsenal. <laughs> so I, I didn't – it did, you know, turn the momentum. And then Liverpool, as bad as their defense is, when they turn it on, their offense is very difficult to stop. And Salah's finding a vein of form again. Um, and and they, they're capable – putting two or three goals in in a 20-minute span and, and turning any game around. So, unfortunately, their defense is, is capable of letting up five goals in 30 minutes as yeah. they did against uh, Real Madrid at home. So, you never know 
which Liverpool's going to show up. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And they really played well after that. I mean, they missed a penalty in this game. Salah missed another penalty kick. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, considering that, I believe going into this missed season... Missed the goal. Yeah, I think going into this season, he was at 88%, which is just amazing. There's probably, you know, 10 players higher than him in the world who actively take pens, maybe. It might be five. If you're thinking about who actively takes pens, it's not Messi, you know? It's not Ronaldo. It's like Harry Kane... Um, and players like that. I think Jorginho is really high, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a great penalty kicker, kick taker, at least he was, and he misses the goal completely. It looks like that's going to be something that sinks them, but they score again late. Roberto Firmino uh, comes off the bench to score, and he has nine goals in 12 starts this year, <laughs> which been, I he's believe... He's been a nice little um, fringe player for him off the bench. He has... He has a conversion rate this year of 33%. His career conversion 33? rate is around 8%. Yes, he has 33% conversion rate this year, which is in the league, which is unbelievable. I mean, previous years that you've had him, I mean, we, we talked about it a lot before his, like, formal decline, um, where he was scoring for Liverpool eight times a year, you know, in 35 starts. He's actually been really good this year uh, coming off the bench. Um, he hasn't been available for a lot of games, much like Jota um, for them. So he hasn't made a huge impact, but I, I thought it was really interesting. He has uh, nine goals. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold showed his good side on that play. He actually nutmegged Zimchenko. Yeah, that was sick. And then put a perfect ball on the back post and... At this point, that's a scheme thing. Much like Manchester City, you, you your instructions from the manager are to chip the ball to certain places, and therefore you have people queuing up in the in the back there. And Firmino was one of them. You know, he was open. Great play by TAA, and Liverpool get a draw out of it. But honestly, um, as great as that comeback was, they are in eighth place. And they have a game up on the seventh place team. So, I mean, they are... I don't even know if they're going to make any form of Europe, even if um, United wins and an extra spot is given to the league for a European uh, competition. They are in eighth place. Um, so do you think they can use this to go forward, or is this just kind of like we're, we're playing out, we're running out the clock right now? No, the I, the I think they... They put themselves in a position before this game where they needed three points, and <clears throat> Klopp knew that he was going after it at the end. I mean, it was end yeah. to end, um, and he wasn't buttoning up playing for a point. And obviously, Arsenal felt like they needed to get three points too. And um, really, they they should have had the three points at the end. But Ramsdale yeah. with two absolutely incredible saves. Um, I would gnaw my arm off to have Ramsdale <laughs> for my team, and we'd be comfortably in third place and Conte would still have a job if we had Ramsdale but um that's an interesting point he the the first save you know uh Mo one of the things Mo Salah is so good at is getting the ball off quickly shielding the keeper with the defender's body and this is a perfect example and the ball spins off his back upwards towards the corner so he has to adjust like midair and if you watch it again he, when he dives he initially goes across his body with his left hand 
realizes yeah. that he's not going to get high enough, switches to his right hand just barely to get like an extra inch to push it wide of the post. Like an absolutely yeah. unbelievable save if you watch it again in slow motion. And then how he saved that one off the line, how Kanate missed it, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but it was equally as impressive to scramble back across the goal, had the mindset to push it off the goal line um, and, and salvage that point. So it was it was an incredible game, man. Um, yeah. You have to, you have and, to hand and... it to Arsenal and and Liverpool. They do – the coaches do go after it. You know, I mean, as a, as a fan of a team who doesn't go after it, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's fun to watch teams. You know, I mean, I I was nervous for uh, Arsenal fans. Like you're watching the game, you're like, oh my god, when Ramsdale makes that save, and then I don't know if it was two minutes before that or afterwards, but Saka was absolutely wide open in the middle of the field. I forget who missed him, but yes, if the if the ball is played in front of him, he's in on goal. And, you know, he probably you, – you trust him right now to put that ball away. So, I mean, just end-to-end thrilling contest. But I – you know, to get a point there is is fine in almost any context. But mm-hmm. the problem is City is an absolute machine and they could easily win out all their games and, and they will win the title if that happens unless Arsenal wins, like, seven nothing one game which is you know possible but it's going to be much tougher to win the title now yeah a couple more things on the game um darwin nunez missed another fast break um i i know you know i don't think this is a matter of an adaptation period it's not like he's not getting in the right positions it's that that composure is not a huge part of his skill set um, yeah. and technique is not a huge part of the skill set. I believe he's a player that um, will go and runs at some point. Like, I think he'll be a guy that has 10 goals in, like, I don't know, eight games or something. But his lack of composure really limits them and lowers Liverpool's floor because they get opportunities in those positions from the players that are playing him in, and to not score them is such a big deal, obviously. Um, yeah. So he, he missed, and then the ball you're talking about at the end of Saka, I think they'll see that in their dreams. Like, uh, I think it was Trossard who messed it up as a two-on-one. He was very wide, and there was one center back, but Saka was wide open in the back post, and he shorted the pass, and it got picked off. Um, but you'll see that. You know, that's something you need. Um, and the last point for Arsenal is, I believe, the difference in this title, besides the fact that Manchester City obviously has a 70 million pound player in every spot on their bench. Um, Rob holding is the center back for Arsenal. Um, It's funny, but it's not funny. You know, like if you're an Arsenal fan, it's not funny because city coming off the bench. Check the program. I didn't even recognize who he was. He had some kind of hairdo and I hadn't seen him since his, his three yellow cards showing against son um, at Tottenham last year. It's not fourth place. It's not a new hairdo. He got hair extensions. Oh, he did. And they're incredible. Him and Ter Stegen for Barcelona had very similar hairlines where it was like like pretty much bald with a patch. And they went out. And it's not like a Wayne Rooney, like, thatch a carpet, staple to your head (laughs) kind of thing. I mean, that was 10 years ago. It's like hair, like 
flowing. I think the patterns of the texture is a little different, but it's like he wears it up like it looks like Jack Relish. Like he wears it up in like a headband now. He went from like four strands of hair <laughs> flopping around to wearing a headband. Like you know, it's what? amazing. Science is amazing. Look good, feel good, do good, Tom. Sure, sure. Rob so Arsenal, Arsenal gets uh, a point, but um, honestly, neither team really were benefited by the point that was shared. Um, Arsenal can take some solace from still playing well and not collapsing. You know, I, I, some people were calling this a collapse. I really didn't see it that way. It was, no, um, it wasn't a collapse. I mean, it's disappointing to go up two goals and mm-hmm. you think they're going to win, but at Anfield, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's not a collapse. Yeah, and the problem really is that, like you said earlier, Manchester City is just tattooing teams. They smash Southampton 4-1, as you would expect, um, with a team that's in 20th place, Southampton. But City, it was such a canter in this game, and then they moved on to the Bayern Munich game, and basically smashed Bayern. I mean, it took them a little longer to really blow the doors off of them, but they completely outclassed Bayern in the last 30 minutes, and now they're up 3-0 in their Champions League tie. So they are just destroying teams right now. They're averaging over the last uh, five matches, they are averaging five goals a game. Um, And some of these teams that they're playing, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, um, Leipzig, are all in that mix, are good teams. Um, Southampton is not a good team, but it doesn't matter. Manchester City, they're, they're doing everything right right now. Um, there is a little bit of a issue today during the Bayern Munich game or yesterday where Kevin De Bruyne pulled up and it looked like it was a muscular injury that he won't be able to come back from considering how many matches they have to play. I thought he kept um, playing. He did keep playing, but he came off about three minutes later. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it looked like something it. where it was a groin problem. And it looked like he was fighting through it because at the time when he pulled it, it was 1-0. Mm-hmm. And I think he tried to fight through it. Um, no news, of course. You're not going to hear anything on that. But, I mean, the other side of that is that Manchester City don't really play anyone until... Uh, they do play Brighton. Oh, no, that, that game's... I'm sorry, that game is postponed. They, I mean, they play Arsenal at home on April 26th, and they play Bayern, and then you'll, you'll actually have another Champions League match, I believe, in between there, assuming they beat Bayern. Um, so City is rolling. Uh, Erling Holland has the most goals ever for a player in the Premier League. Um, that, that, that's in all comps. And we have – they have at least – 10 games last I believe it's 14 not including a Champions League final that they have left um, FA Cup included into that and he has 47 goals I think uh, in all comps and is a monster obviously so um, Arsenal has it all to do and City is rolling the treble odds drop down to 3-1 to one after their Bayern win which is absurd for a treble, a Premier League treble, when you're not even in first place. Um, but their FA Cup match is against Sheffield United. So it'll be United. Manchester United plays Brighton 
in their semifinal FA Cup match, and City plays Sheffield. Semifinals uh, are a two-legger, right? No, that's Carabao Cup. It's oh, really? The FA Cup semis only... Yes, it's at Wembley. At Wembley? And it, yes, it's Wembley. That's the cool thing about or the, uh, I guess, the interesting thing about it, but it's Wembley... Uh, and then the final was played after the last day of the season for the FA Cup. Uh, and the Sheffield United, I think they are 12-1 to 1 to win that game. So, <laughs> City, odds are, I mean, right now you're looking at it and City is favored to win all their matches. And basically, either Arsenal has to beat them or I guess if Arsenal took a draw, I think if they, get a, if they get a point at the Etihad... They, they have a really good shot at winning the title, but that is a tall task. That's what it comes down to, to me. If they get a point there, they will win the title. If they don't get a point there, they're yeah. not going to win. I think in terms of the treble, uh, in order, that game is the most important for them. And then I believe the Real Madrid series will determine whether or not they win the Champions League because the other side of that bracket is bad. Uh, I I don't agree with you. I don't think Napoli can defend. I don't think they can defend. I don't agree with that. They lost to Milan today. It was 1-0. Away in champs. That's nothing. But Milan sucks. Milan's a Europa League team. They've been playing well in Champions League. I mean, mean, you know, in in Champions League away, it's it's always tough, man. You look at all the... Like, you look at the greatest teams, like... Messi or Barcelona's Champions League away record, even when they were good, it's it's not spotless. Like those games are really hard to win. So I mean, Napoli could blow the doors off them and score and win four to one in that second leg. So yes, but watching their defense today and the way they defended, that's against a Milan team that that isn't that great. And Manchester City is so organized. I just think I honestly think if Manchester City plays Napoli, it's three zero in the final. Like I'm, I, I know we'll that see. Napoli I has a nice be, looking offense. I think it would be a helter skelter game, and you know they could they. I don't think they could beat them across two legs, but in a in a final, they could, well they could pick them off. Yeah, and I mean conversely, watching Real Madrid today and how ridiculously professional they are in the Champions League, they Vinicius are absurd. Is, Nobody can stop him right now. Like he just no skins <laughs> anybody that gets anywhere near him. Like yeah. I think uh, I forget who got a yellow card. <laughs> Whoever was guarding him out on the right got a yellow card like five minutes into the game, and I was like, I, I would absolutely dread <laughs> playing eighty-five minutes on a yellow card against Vinicius. Like switch was, me to uh, the other side, Reese James. Well, I mean, of course. The red card ended up happening in that game anyways. It actually wasn't on Vinicius. It was on Rodrigo, who was through. and was dumb. Uh, ben Chilwell hooked him, just grabbed his arm as soon as he was at the 18. Dumb, man. You didn't – I mean, you just – you got to let him go there. And, and you almost the gave away wasn't a pen. easy. Yeah, yeah and, and the like angle wasn't easy. six inches away from giving away a pen, too. Yeah, I mean – I mean, just uh, let, you know. let the guy – if he scores, he scores. You know, red card they easily could have – collapsed and lost the yeah. tie they're lucky to get out of there two nothing yeah and you watched real madrid I and mean, even before the red card they were in control and they just i think the thing that they do that's most impressive to me is a take their chances they all these mm-hmm. other teams fluff their lines in, in in multiple you know 
opportunities in the game and you'll see these balls hit the bar or like Jal Felix had a chance for Chelsea and just didn't just didn't do, get it right you know and that's Real Madrid does the opposite of that they just take their chances between Benzema and uh, Vinicius Rodrigo and then you have the old guard back there that they're going to score a goal in these big games you'll get a goal from Modric or Cruz or just guys that like maybe they have five goals this year in the league they just show up uh, I think that'll be the hard part for um, City is Real Madrid beat them last year and City was in control up until like the 90th minute yeah. of the second match and they lost. They scored because, two goals in extra time. Yeah, because they, they that's just what they do. You know, like they suck in the league this year. Real Madrid's been awful in the league. Benzema had been mostly out of form and injured. He's coming on a little bit, but they really haven't done much in the league. And then they show up in the Champions League and you're in trouble. So that'll be that's number two. I mean, two it's, for it's them. more scary because they'll just sit their guys in the league when they pl- before they play City. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll be putting all that. of their energy towards winning champs, which is even scarier. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, uh, they have they have weaknesses. So you they know, do. City City can certainly beat them, but um, the thing about City is they don't in the Champions League. They don't. Teams don't beat them. They usually beat themselves, you know. Like, giving up two goals and not managing the game out against Real Madrid. And, like, the Lyon game when they lost that tie, someone slipped in the middle of the field, you know. The Tottenham game, they let it become, like, a scrappy, weird game. Aguero missed a penalty. So they they don't – it's not like they get outplayed by anybody. They just – they – blow it poop their pants yeah they beat themselves yeah after the game uh after the final two years ago pep said um all right guys i'm paraphrasing obviously he probably doesn't talk like this at all all right guys um that's that's it we've taken our last step the next step will be the the champions league trophy he's kind of like we've worked up to this and then of course they got eliminated by real madrid the next year but that's so priority number two for them would be that Real Madrid tie. Like I said, I I really don't have any faith in Napoli to beat them because Napoli does not have an organized enough defense. Uh, but the third one is, and it might come down to this, Pete. Manchester United or Brighton beating them for the FA Cup in a one-off match. You know, United beat them, and Brighton can beat teams. What if um, you're the only thing that stands between James and a historic and a treble? treble? An actual treble? Yeah. If end I'm his, the only, end his yeah. first Champions League, throw a treble in there. Well, I'm Wager quitting the podcast. Top. I'm not gonna have to. I'm not listening to that all next well, year. Well, you know, you have to have contingencies, Pete. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson never spent a billion pounds on the team. You know, um, he never did that. So. I don't see it as a real trouble. Lowercase t. Uh, no, it really could happen that way. The third one, the FA Cup. Uh, I think that Brighton United game for me is a coin flip, um, especially it being a one-off game. And United, it looks like uh, Rashford pulled his groin. Um, so you might not have him. And, you know, I think that that's going to be a close one. I think United, if they have Rashford, would match up well against City just because they can counter. But, I mean, who matches up well against City, really? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, City is on track right now for the treble, uh, and that is not good. Um, a team that is not on track for the treble, and I just want to talk about because so much has happened in the last two weeks, 
Chelsea lose to Wolves 1-0. Jenkins, I believe that you are officially out of relegation trouble, Pete. What do you think? Yeah, um, they I think are, they're, they're just on 31 about, points. Uh, just about out of the mix. There's got to be three teams that are going to finish worse than them. So yeah, they have a, breathe they have a sigh okay, of relief. It was looking ugly in the middle of the year. They have an okay goal differential of minus 18, which puts them, I don't know, somewhere above the bottom five. And then they're four points clear. And like you said, all those other teams are baddies. So and teams down there. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, it looks like Wolves will get out of it. This is a nice win for them. Obviously, a terrible loss for Chelsea. Now, Chelsea. They lost their previous game. Well, they drew their previous game to Liverpool 0-0, but they lost to uh, Aston Villa 2-0, which um, cost Graham Potter his job finally. He was fired. It was just enough is enough. They have four wins since October in all competitions, which is so bad. It's relegation form. Um, they are in 11th place, and the team in front of them, Fulham, has a game in hand on them. Uh, they're closer to the relegation than they are to fourth place. That's not even the rele- That's not even the title. That's fourth place. Uh, they're horrible, Pete. Uh, there's no other way to say it. They brought in Frank Lampard, who has no idea how to put a defense together, Um and they lose to Wolves 1-0 despite having more shots and more opportunities. Um, they only had one on target, as they do. And then they went to um, Real Madrid and lost as we went over. And they never looked convincing in any point in that game. They now play Brighton on Saturday. They have to go back and play Real Madrid again. Then they play um, Brentford, who are lucky and will beat you if you're not on your game. They play Chelsea. They still have City, Newcastle. Like now, what Gosh. we're looking at now. I mean, they're they're going to finish in eleventh place probably. Is this the worst big team we've ever seen? And I want to include. I'm going to go outside the league for this. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. None of those teams have ever had seasons like this. At least not in the last twenty years. So they're out of the mix. PSG doesn't count. They play in a fake league. Um, the Italian teams have dropped down, but they kind of, it's a lower league anyway. So, I mean, really we're staying in the prem. I, I think Arsenal had a finish of like eight or ninth place. I don't remember them being this bad. I don't remember them I, they losing repeatedly. This bad. And they were probably, you know, yeah, six, seven, eight points off third place or something. Like exactly. That. Exactly. So you, Liverpool had a season, um, I think when Trop, Klopp was transitioning where they were like ninth or 10th place. Really? They weren't this bad. Yeah. When they were transitioning, um, I think, I think he, I think he came Didn't in. Did they get to the Europa the League final though? They might've, they might've, I think I'm trying to think of their worst year in the last 20. And I believe it was like eighth or ninth United's was seventh. Um, and they were nothing like this. They were not good, but they were like drawing a lot of teams. I mean, and stuff you guys like that. were this bad for half of the season last year, but to yes, do it for a whole season. We were, we were awful last year. That was the worst United year I've ever seen. Despite finishing above Moyes' team, we were unwatchable, terrible shipping. I mean, these guys, this Chelsea team, just loses to well, everyone. I mean, and you also didn't spend. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to include 500 that. Five hundred million dollars on two windows. It's six hundred million, and it's pounds. It's <laughs> it's pounds. So I don't even. That obviously would make it a no doubter 
like no brainer. You spent that much money. You look at other teams that have shelled out anything close to that. You'd be looking at Manchester City, who spent five hundred over two uh, windows, maybe three, um, when Pep first arrived, and that's probably it. And Chelsea again, probably at some point. But they they were competing for the league after they spent four hundred, five hundred million pounds. The opposite is true here. I mean, it, we're just going to exclude that because that makes it like a no brainer. Is this the worst season a big team has ever had? A team that going into the season was a was a odds-on favorite for Champions League and an, a dark horse for the title. Very it's it's horse. easily the worst team I've worst big team season I've seen since I've been yeah. a fan. So I think I think that's true. I I mean it's not. I wanted to make more of like it's a not argument it's about not, it, but it's, it's not. not. It's not close. <laughs> No, and they I have. I don't this... know any. I don't know any Chelsea fans really. Like I would have enjoyed hearing what they have to say. Like what? What's their mood right now? Is it like we need a new coach, or is it just like our team's a tire fire? Like they're so used to being in it every year, and if they're not in it one year, they're like winning something the next year. Like they're not going to win anything next year. No, they're not. Um, I, they have I can like tell forty you that guys in their squad. Following like guys their, have to get dressed in the hallway. They have to get dressed in the hallway, and they <laughs> they have so many players that when they do their practice sessions, they have to go to a field that's across the street on the same complex. So you're not even all practicing together because you have too many players. Um, I mean, there's definitely a point where you hit where you you have so many players or you sign so many players that you've completely unbalanced. You know took any um, confidence players had away. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows how you stay in the lineup. And it's like, yeah. you look at Grand Potter, it's like, well, how how are you going to manage that big of a squad? It's, I don't know if anybody can do it. It's like, I think they're, bring Frank Lampard in. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I think their big thing that they, one of the big mistakes they made in January was not cutting bait on, like half their roster. Anybody who is got a contract coming up or like Pulisic has been like, I'm, I need to leave. Like, but, but you get the, rid of them. Here's the get thing. Get them out. Nobody in Europe is buying right now. Like, well, Tottenham that, have the same problem. We have these guys like Ndombele and Lo Celso and, you know, other guys who we would sell for like a ham sandwich, but nobody is going to pick up their salary. Like, none fine. of the other leagues are buying anybody. So, you get these bloated squad like it is really hard to get rid of those players you loan them out and you pay for a fraction of their loan that's what yeah, you do I mean, United you actually loan, did that yeah you should definitely loan players out but like the problem is all the Chelsea players are like at the same level like who are you going to loan out <laughs> you, you just loan out like five of them the guys that they're all the same who? you take the guys Zayic has to go. Okay, there's uh, one. Pulisic should have been loaned. Um, think about their center midfielder. It's all crowded. I mean, I guess you can't get rid of Mount because um, he wants to start and he's not starting. Um, who's in there? Who's Who am I thinking of? Isn't, like, Dominic Calvert-Lewin in there? Kovacic is good. Conte's been hurt. Gallagher, like, they, they do actually give him minutes. But there's players at every position. Like, what's Aubameyang doing on the team? Get him out of here. Like, honestly, send him someplace else for for nothing. That's what I'm saying. Like, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, that's who I was thinking of. 
what's he doing here? You, you just <laughs> need to be like paid a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, United actually did a good job of that in the off season. They sent Alex Tellus out. They sent Eric Bailly out. They sent a whole bunch of like three or four other players out. Well, even that was if their they problem like for like four years. They had all those guys that they could never get rid of. Yeah, and they're taking a bullet on a lot of these players. Eric Bailly, his sell-on clause is eight million pounds. That's nothing. Like, you're just Where you're just you taking playing? whatever you can get. Uh, France. Uh, I don't remember, but he's on last, an eight match band. <laughs> last scene kicking a guy's chest in. He kicked a guy's <laughs> chest cavity in, so you get an eight match band. He did apologize. You for got it. He got eight does, matches for that. Yeah, he does apologize a wow. little bit. Well, Dang. I mean, he does a pretty good job of that. But yeah, like there's all these players. Like there's like ten center backs back there. Anybody who is not going to be in your top twenty should be off. Loan them out. Do whatever you have to do. You have to clear that squad. And, and like you said, remove the question marks. Anyway, we talked too much about Chelsea. Chelsea um, loses to Wolves and, um, I don't know, they're dead. They're, they're, <laughs> this season's over. They're dead. They've been dead for a while. But they'll, uh, they'll just have to deal. Now, a team that is coming into the ascendancy, Newcastle, Pete, they beat Manchester United last weekend 2-0. They beat Brentford this weekend, 2-1, to one, and they won in the midweek over West Ham, 5-1. to one. They finally gotten over their Carabao Cup hangover. Um, listening to the um, writers uh, that follow, West, uh, follow Newcastle, they were saying that every match for about six weeks was built around the Carabao Cup final. They were just, it was just so important to them to win a trophy after going so long without winning. Been there before. That they, yeah, they just, they just, that's all they were thinking about. And he said it was very distracting to them. They're playing much better soccer. They're uh, tied on points and games with Manchester United now, but they have a 20-goal differential lead over Manchester United due to Manchester United getting blown out three times this year by, like, seven goals. Um, So they're actually in really nice shape coming down the stretch here, and they have an edge over United and Tottenham. They do play some hard matches at at the end, but everybody does. So, um, Newcastle, three wins in a row, including beating Manchester United and dropped Manchester United into the scrum. And anything you want to add about that? Just just getting it done right now and finally getting back into form with uh, Isaac coming back and et cetera. No, they've uh, firmly entrenched themselves as favorites for fourth place. I don't think they're going to finish in front of United. I think United will still pip them. The only, the only problem that United has is their schedule is so congested so like if they're missing a guy like Rashford that could get them into trouble and Bruno Fernandes has played like more minutes than any humans ever played in a season including um, the goalies <laughs> including the goalies. It's true. It is true that's actually true. Yeah I mean you throw the World Cup in there it's just bonkers how many minutes he's played but mm-hmm. um, yeah Newcastle if, if you just watch them compared to Tottenham it I, I don't understand how we can possibly beat them for fourth place the way we play. I think our schedule's a, a tad easier than theirs, but at the end of the day, we have to go and play at their place in two weeks, and I just don't see any chance of us salvaging any result out of that. So I don't have a whole lot of hope for fourth place. Um, after we stole that win from Brighton this <laughs> you weekend. stole that. <laughs> completely stole it thanks to thanks to var being a shambles um that you know i i 
I feel for Brighton fans because if you flip that result, Brighton's basically very strongly in the mix for a European spot. Yeah. And now they're chasing everybody else. I mean, they're they're if they win that game, then they're on the fringe of top four too. And the way they've been playing, like you wouldn't count them out. Like watching they the way they they knock the ball around. Um, I think their pass completion percentage is second to City in the league, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just they dominate possession. They're well coached. They have good players. Like Trissard leaves doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it's incredible how well they've done keeping their pipeline stocked. That guy Cassiendo looks like a like a Conte, like Casado. a younger Conte. Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah. He was all over the field putting in tackles in both boxes. Guy looks like the real deal. I'm sure he'll go to a, a bigger club next year and they'll just replace him with somebody else. But um they they're they're impressive. I think you guys are gonna have your hands full in the FA Cup and uh again I feel for their fans because that if the VAR went the way it should have, they uh-huh. should have had three points there and instead they lost three points to their biggest rival for fifth or sixth place. <laughs> Yeah, terrible refereeing in this one. Um, and it's happened to Brighton three times this year, I believe, where the, uh, the Referees Association have come out and been like, oh, our bad. Sorry, guys. It's like, it's absolutely unacceptable. And, of course, you know, Brighton, they deserve more, but there's there's nothing that can be done because the refs just apologize. And I, I, I heard something, actually, I thought was interesting, Pete. There was a, a situation where um, Arsenal was, I think it was given two points um, because of a, of a fracas um, during the season. They went back and gave them two points. Oh, and when was yeah, this? Yeah, let me, let, me, uh, let me look it up. You mean but, like sometime in the past? Yes, in the past. They were given points for like a, an error or something. Um, hmm. Because you can dock points easily. But, yeah, but I, I mean, for something like this, like it changes the game, and you don't know what's going to happen after that. So it's not like you can give people points. But maybe you should get a half a point every time the ref apologizes to you. <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it is it's actually worse when they apologize. It Remember is. how mad Ken was when they apologized? Yeah, it, it does make it a lot a lot worse. It really does. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to get the exact uh, the uh, the exact uh, timeline for it, but points can actually be given. I, I, they'll never do that. I know that because of how much money's on the line. They'll never do that in terms of Champions League and whatnot. But you feel for these teams like Brighton. I mean, and Arsenal. Like Arsenal is owed two points for a referee error, and they could. They're. I mean, odds are they're going to lose the title and there's if they lose it it's going to be by two or three points exactly and i just think it's ridiculous but you're right about brighton they just it's a systematic thing they they have a really great system in there they didn't miss a beat when graham potter got taken by chelsea and now ironically um what's his name deserby deserby yeah he's the manager and the rumor is that chelsea is looking into it yeah we were supposed (laughs) to be looking at him too and uh, well, apparently, Stellini and his um, the the Tot stand-in said before the game in his press conference that mm-hmm. you know he inherited Potter's system, blah blah blah, and oh. so Deserby didn't like that. 
and was waving yeah. his finger at him on the touchline before the game even started. I did see and then that. Then there was a fracas. <laughs> yeah, and um, both of them got red cards. They got red carded. Yeah, they got red carded. Uh, Brighton's a good team, though. They are a good team. I'm worried about I, them. I enjoy the watching Cup. them play. They play um, nice brand and. Matoma, I think, Europe. is the breakout player of the year. I think he is yeah. incredible. He should have got a PK after he got stomped on. Yes, lots of bad calls, but honestly, you needed it. You needed a oh win. God, Three yeah, points. Totally stolen. And now you play Bournemouth, Newcastle. Then you play Manchester United, Liverpool. You have a bad run in compared to everybody else. Well, uh, those I three think matches it's... mainly. Yeah, Villa's I mean... good too, by the way. You play them away. Do we? You do. You play away? Villa away. Oh, yeah. Villa is in is sixth tougher. place. Yeah. And they are six points behind you. This um, is Villa all I care about dead, is... by the way. I do not. I cannot come in seventh. We cannot come in seventh place. Yes, we, we're not playing in the conference league. You know, if I'm you, I'm a pretty big Manchester United Europa League fan. Because That's not of Manchester true. I looked United, it up. It's not true. It you was get, true in the past. I know, but they changed it. It's not true. You don't get a fifth Champions League spot. Hmm. I looked it up because uh, I was going to see if I was going to get excited about coming in fifth. But it's not true. Even if you win okay. Europa... We don't get an extra champ spot. What happens is some dumb third oh, place, no. some dumb third place France team gets an automatic um, spot rather than having to go Instead through a playoff. Of qualifying. Oh, that's so lame. <laughs> that is so lame. All right, well, I need to stop talking about that then. Um, yeah, but I mean, you're right. You got to make Europa. You can't make the Conference League. You still have a chance if you guys beat Newcastle. If we beat um, Newcastle, we are it's on. we are fifty fifty to coming forth. And but you that's, play that's, us. Yeah, you but play us. Well, uh, you know the Newcastle one's more important. I don't think we're really competing with you guys. It, it's it's Newcastle or mm. us probably for the fourth spot, unless one of those other teams come up. But <laughs> we could easily lose Newcastle, Man U at home, and then um, Liverpool away. You have more faith in us than I do, especially considering, like, our striking options right now. I mean, Martial's sort of back, but we just lost Rashford, who has been amazing this year. He's been one of the best players in the league. Uh, who knows how long he's gone for. And then you have all these other question marks behind it. Uh, we are getting Casemiro and Erickson back next game, which is massive. That, that really could be the thing that makes a difference. Is yeah, those, 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 those two guys coming back. But I'm not as sold on United as you are. I could, I mean, I hate to say it, I could definitely see us finishing in fifth. Like, it, Newcastle's I think it's, it's, on brand. You guys are possible, struggling. But, but uh, I, 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 the Tottenham yeah. is so bad right now, man. I mean, I cannot remember, I cannot remember having the last convincing win we had. I really, True. It, our defense looks like we're going to let up a goal every every single time the other team comes down the field. True, and I will say that, um, conversely, United are starting to pick up some ho-hum wins, which is really nice. They beat they beat the living crap out of Everton this weekend, Manchester United did. They had the most shots in the first half for a Premier League team in Premier League history. They had 22, 22 shots in the first half. <laughs> they um, absolutely destroyed. I, you know, it's hilarious because, you know, everybody knows how to, to – uh, put Manchester United on a level playing field is to make sure that you're not playing a super high line. And you're, you're, if you, as long as you do that, you know, you, you, you still might lose, 
but you're not going to lose by like 50 because United has a bunch of fast strikers, especially Rashford. And Everton, the team that should be playing that system, probably least in the league, was playing a high-press, high-line, and United just went in over and over and over again. Uh, ended up with 29 shots, 11 on target. And they won 2-0. The 2-0. And they won 2-0, but it should have been about 10. Um, just a lot of really, really poor finishing. And that's what I'm worried about coming down the stretch. But the bottom line for United is uh, they win. They beat um, they beat Brentford 1-0 in the midweek after losing to Newcastle. And getting ho-hum wins, you play uh, Nottingham Forest next. You have to beat them. Then you play Brighton for an FA Cup. But, but overall, just getting these little wins, that's how you get where you need to go. You beat the bad teams, as I always say. Um, and United are, despite having well... Weghurst on the team. They get a nice win here, and they move on to Europa League on Thursday against Sevilla. Um, last time United played Sevilla in Europe, you might remember, um, Pete, that was a Jose Mourinho game where he, after the game, said that Sevilla had European heritage and Manchester United did not, and that's why they lost. Not because he set up a 4-5-1 at home when he needed one goal to win. Um, just these guys, man. These, this can start your Conte rant. Just Jose blaming it on the uh, on Manchester United when he went in like a coward at home and lost 2-0 to a team that was in seventh place at the time in Spain. So that 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 get your Conte, get your Conte uh, vibes out. Yeah, I mean he's he's just part of a, a cadre of coaches who their egos are so big that they cannot even fathom that anything could ever be their fault and, yeah and he and Conte are really definitely in the same vein I didn't really follow Conte that much when he was at Chelsea or um, when he was in Italy but watching him every game it's he's just a very very selfish person and yes yeah. that has probably driven a lot of his success but after watching the way he puts his team out there I especially I, I feel like the game has evolved with VAR and everything where counterattacking effectively is no longer a way to win a league. Maybe you can get away with it in Italy, I guess, but that's never going to work in the the um, Premier League. Like you're not well, going to well, see a counterattacking team win the Premier League probably. Well, it's not just counterattacking though. It's also the defensive tactics and strategies that he and Jose Mourinho both do where they used to do these things where say they have a really good player on the other side they would kick him for the whole game or they would step on their feet and stuff like that you can't do that because of VAR anymore you don't get away with anything any of those tactics I think that's a huge thing too for Jose Mourinho like he used to know how to squeak out a game roll around on the floor you know, get guys going. You just can't do any yeah, of those tactics anymore. And you can't be, like, just defensively sound and yeah. win the Premier League or even come in the top four. It's it's not it's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Like, the game has evolved. All the best coaches have evolved to have some sort of press or attacking or possession strategy. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And so I... I do. I see no possible way that Conte is ever successful 
in a big league. I know he's won so much in the past. Maybe I'll eat my words one day, but after watching him and his strategy for Champions League when we were down by a goal, and he uh-huh. came out like an absolute coward, like you yeah. said, same exact way that that um, Mal did it against uh-huh. Sevilla. Uh-huh. You watch that and you're like, this is shit. Like, yeah. I don't care what he won in the past. I don't care if he's the greatest manager of all time. Like, this is uh-huh. absolute garbage. Yeah. And don't tell me he's good when he does that. No, I, I agree. And uh, the whole pedigree thing, good coaches, I think James is saying it. Just like these guys are good coaches. It's it's the franchise. It's the club, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that Jose Mourinho and Conte are those guys anymore because of how much the soccer has changed. And a lot of that, to me, has to do with VAR. You can't get away with anything anymore. And so these guys, which... Their, their, their game plans are built on such fine margins. There's more goals being scored because you can't do the things you could do before and because of penalties are so easy to get that a single goal makes even more of a difference to them than it does to other, the other strategies. You know, if, if yeah, Pep Guardiola goes true. down by a goal, he's planning on winning 3-1. to one. You know what I mean? But if you're planning on winning 1-0 and you go down by a goal and you don't have a plan B because you spent all week working on two defensive midfielders and four in the back, um, you're not going to win. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think that a guy like Tuchel is close to that but has a little more to offer. He does a little bit more with um, his wing backs and his center backs and attacks a smidge more than those guys do. So I think Tuchel could still be decent somewhere like Germany, honestly. I think he, he'll get – Bayern in a better place than they were before. They have a lot of structural problems. Um, And you just have to be, you cannot be rigid in your tactics. Like Pep, you know, we make fun of him for tinkering in the the Champions League, but like he's putting like John Stones in the midfield for this Bayern game. Uh Like, and he's always tweaking his system. So when you play him, you know, Everybody and their mother knows exactly how we're going to line up every single game. It's always yeah. the same. And they know if you line up the same way, they're like, okay, we, you guys can't play out of the back. This is where we're going to target. It's so easy to play against. Yeah. So I easy agree. to play against. I think that, to me, that kind of management is bad management. Yes. If you can't absolutely. make those just simple changes, you look at – a good coach will have a system um, that he likes to go to and have principles on that system. I think that Pep Guardiola, because he's had his team for a while now, has multiple systems, just like Fergie did. Fergie had a whole bunch of systems. But it was because he had his, his, his core of his players for a long time. So over time, he could be like, all right, we're going to work on our 4-5-1 today, our 4-4-2 today, our 4-2-3-1, etc. And Pep has that advantage. But even so... Pep would still be making the right winger play as a center attacking midfielder, bring him in or the, the inverted wing backs kind of thing. This is the opposite. These guys running the same thing over and over again and just being like, well, if you do what I tell you to do and play that long ball to son on his left-hand side on the counter attack, we're going to score. Yeah. If you do the same patterns over and over again, you know, you will have success from it. Like that's what was sold to us from the day he showed up it's like yeah. he will be drilled or he would drill the players they'll be in the 
right positions all the time mm-hmm. and they'll know exactly where the ball is going to be blah 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 yeah and it it just looked like you know there was never any adjustment whatsoever Yep, totally agree. Um, the only thing I will say is that his set piece record is exactly what we just described. It's like well drilled, it's multiple systems, and he scores a ton of goals. His teams always oh, score we have like a ton of goals. 11 goals on corner kicks. That's the only reason, like, you watch our team all year, you're like, how is this mm-hmm. team in fifth place? It's because we have 11 corner kick goals. <laughs> yeah, th- which is crazy. But he did that when he won the league, he had over 20 set piece goals. Uh, for Chelsea, free kicks. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That was that was pretty ridiculous. But and to me, if I'm a, another coach, all I do is just watch their film. I have one of my analysts watch their film, and we just practice the, exactly what they do. That, I just steal everybody else's set pieces. You know, it's like just why, why reinvent the wheel? You got all these set pieces that'll work. Have steal like six of somebody else's and just run them through. You know, yeah. Be the and you, I think if you mix it up, that that seems to help. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, Conte's gone. You don't have to worry about him anymore. Um, is there a manager that you would like to see? The usual suspects are rolling through, although Nagelsmann is available since Bayern fired him like a week before playing the most um, uh, well-drilled team in the world with a squad that's been together for five years, basically, in Manchester City and then expected them to put up a result against them. Um, but Nagelsmann is available uh, Pochettino is available. Deserve is not available, but could be if he wants to be. And then um, you also have uh, who am I thinking of? Who's the guy that everybody wants to be the Tottenham guy? Whatever, Pochettino. Is there somebody that sticks out to you? Oh, Graham Potter. That's who I was thinking of. Is there somebody that sticks out to you that you'd like out of those the group that I just said? Um, I think the most important thing is we have to bring in somebody who <clears throat> we're going to give them time, give them three years build something mm-hmm. you're gonna have to clear out players and rebuild so whoever you choose you've got to bring them in and give them some time and back them i think that um levy has spent money over the last three or four windows you know since the stadium has mm-hmm. been up and built the money is being generated like i think financially we're in a we're in a fine position like if we, we'll lose the champs league money but um, we've been spending a decent amount of money. So, um, I, that being said, um, really like Nagelsmann. I think he's a guy who could come in and potentially change the, um, culture of the club. Um, I don't know much about Deserby. I mean, he hasn't been there that long. People are raving about yeah. him. Um, mm-hmm. Brighton was already good. So, you yeah. know, how much did he do? I, I don't know. Um, hard to say. Pochettino, I would... I would be fine with him coming in. I always worry about a, you know, second round of anybody coming in. But, um, you know, his main problem the first time around was not his fault. His, his club was not backed. We didn't buy anybody for, like, three windows. So yeah. nobody's going to be successful. Um, PSG's a tire fire, so I don't think he really ever had a chance there. Like, the coach is just a useless pawn. Um, yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day... The problem is that we're in the pecking order. You got to wait for Real to make their decision if Ancelotti mm-hmm. leaves, and then PSG's job's probably going to op- open up. So you're going to have to wait until those settle out um, before you you bring in whoever you're going to bring in. But I'm not too worried about finding a good coach. I think coaches want to. 
coach in the Premier League. You know, our we have not had a ton of any success with trophies, but I I don't think that stops coaches from wanting to come over and play in a club that has money and has a good stadium. Um, yeah. So I don't think we'll have a problem recruiting a good coach this time around. Yeah, That's the I least agree of my that worries. Completely. The problem and is I also the crap that, players um, if that I'm need you, to be cleared out. I am looking for, um, I mean, somebody who's willing to, to put in some work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have you have to be able to uh, build, and that's going to take time, and you have to. Uh, I mean, we've already patience, tried you know? bring in quote proven winners. I mean, Conte is a proven winner. Um, Mal was past his time. I wouldn't say that Conte, you know, he's certainly not past his time. But um, you got to build, bring in somebody who, you know, they're not, they're not sort of at the top of the list of the best managers in the world. You know, you go to the next the young guys coming up and, and give them a chance. And it's got to be the fans, they will not accept anything but attacking football. I mean, we've been watching dreadful counterattacking defensive crap for like four or five years. And like these people who've watched Tottenham forever, it was always like, okay, they don't even care if it's a tire fire as long as it's like entertaining and it's three to two. Like that's what they care about. So, you take that away and the team sucks. Like they, they're not going to accept that. Yeah, I agree. You definitely want to go in an attacking direction. Um, I think Graham Potter also is a decent shout. I know he had a bad time with Chelsea, but I agree with you. I think it was untenable. You had all these players. Not only did you have all these players, but you had a lot of stars and you had guys that didn't know what was going on. You didn't have, any kind of like system because you were overwhelmed by the uh, the setup at the club at the time. And I think that Graham Potter is somebody who could build something. I think if Tottenham are smart, they will sell Harry Kane for yeah, money. Yeah, I think it's probably a smart move. I agree. That's the smart move. Um, but he is also, you know, your best bet to make Champions League the next year because of how good he is. Oh, um, I, I think, you know, if you, if you can nail him down with a contract, build around mm-hmm. him that's fine i have no problem with that pay him make him the highest paid player in the premier league build around him that's that's a reasonable way to go but if he's not going to sign a new contract then you need to move yeah. on don't lose him for free in a year yeah i think that what will happen is manchester united will come in and they will offer a hundred million maybe like 105 and i think in the beginning that Levy will be like, nope, it's 140 or whatever he said last time. And in, in anticipation of sitting there, like he, like what always happens, because Manchester United are a team that will buy late and make mistakes, I think that Manchester United will not come back after their offer and will go on to other uh, players um, and try to buy other strikers. And maybe in the end they might come back, but – I think you're in for a long summer and it won't be resolved because Levy, Levy will not, he doesn't do that. He doesn't solve things early. He wants to get every last penny, which I don't, I don't blame him for. Uh, I just think in this case, it's really clear. And I also think that Bayern Munich will come in, but they're going to be offering like 75. Yeah, eh, I don't even think they'll offer that much. They may not offer that much. They don't offer uh, never big paid. contracts to older players. Yeah, they don't. And they don't, when's the last time they bought someone for more than 50? Actually, I believe Lucas Hernandez that they bought for like 75 or 80. 
Um, and they bought uh, Delict for seventy, I think, this off season. Really? But um, before that, they they don't they also don't buy players that are. They just I mean, steal everybody else from the other German. Yeah, they teams just wait for, for contracts yeah. to go up. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but yeah, so I think um, this off season, you guys have to sort that out. And, Ken's been um, saying that uh, Harry Kane's going to leave every single off season for the last true. since I've been a fan and talked to him. So this could be yeah. the year, Ken. This could be it. You could be right. I hope. I hope he does. I if I'm a, a neutral, I hope he goes to Bayern Munich and wins a trophy. I mean, and, he deserves it. The guy is is an yeah. absolute machine. Like his form. Think how up and down our team has been over the last five years. Yeah. And how crap the rest of the team has been. Mm-hmm. And he scores twenty to thirty goals every single year. It's yep. unbelievable. Yep. And um, he's going to get the Premier League record, and then Erling Holland's going to break it in three years. <laughs> now nah, he's going to so, go over and play for Real Madrid at some point. Yeah, I mean, you could also – I don't think Harry Kane will go to Real Madrid. I know you're talking about Holland. Yeah. But I don't think Harry Kane will go to Real Madrid. I think they um, Benzema's still got it. And, you know, even though they probably should look to rebuild, um, I think Kane, it'll, it'll be between Manchester United – and Bayern probably, um, maybe, you know, maybe another team will jump in there. PSG, I think. I have a hard maybe. time imagining him moving out of. You don't England. think? You don't think he can speak French? <laughs> I don't think he can speak English. No, he can't. All right, we're we're going a little long now. Um, all right, so the title right now, Pete, six points apart. City has a game in hand, and they play each other um, at the end of the month here. I guess you're, you've already said you think City will do it. I think City will do it. Um, who do you think finishes third, fourth, and fifth? Um, I think United third, Newcastle fourth. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brighton fifth. Wow. I mean, I, I, they're good, man. They're they are good. a good team. I think they got jobbed, and they definitely would have come in front yeah. of us, I think, if they had got those three points. But Well, they – they might end up being our only. Their hope only problem Manchester is City. they just don't have enough goal scorers. Um, that Ferguson's coming on though. Yeah, but he's young, so yeah. he's unproven. He's he does look look like the real deal. It sounds like people are sniffing around. He's him. super Irish too. <laughs> Love it. Love to have a good Irish guy. All right, well that's it for the podcast. Um, we apologize for being so late. It's just our schedules have been I don't pretty bad. Apologize. Well, I'm apologizing. Our schedules have been pretty bad, um, but we will once again attempt next week to get ourselves back um, on track. I and have then... one, one last thing to say, Thomas, about the mm. title race. I'd just like to say that Ken is staring down the barrel of a Pochettino season right now, of beautiful football, exciting, entertaining football, and nothing in the trophy case. I just want to make that point. You hang on to that one, that little quote. You hang on to that idea. I'm just saying, Pochettino season, staring down the barrel of it. So, at the end of the season, when the case is empty, we're <laughs> going to hear a lot of, oh, we're building stuff, you know, we were incredible, all this other stuff that all the Tottenham fans mm-hmm. said during the whole Pochettino era. So, you're not wrong. All right, that's it for the podcast tonight. We will be back um, probably next Monday or Tuesday. 
and probably have it out by Tuesday or Wednesday, hopefully. I don't think James is back in the country, but uh, we'll make it happen. So, um, Are we going to do a live pod together in Lexington? <laughs> we could do something like that uh, for the United Tottenham game in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. We could do something fun. like that. Yeah. We'll, uh, and then we'll clip it. We'll put the clip in either at the end of a pod or in the middle or something. I can't wait to punch you in the bar when we lose. That's not nice. (laughs) All right, for James Lewis, for Ken Lee and Dr. Pete, I'm Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has an awesome week. Are we going to go to the Tottenham bar or the United bar in... I want to just. I don't want to go to a bar with a bunch of people at it. I'll go to a Tottenham bar. I don't care. Ken says I'm a Tottenham fan, anyways. A, it's fun going to those bars, man. I, I I don't mind going to the bars as long as I can watch. Like there's some bars in Baltimore that are terrible because you can't see. Like I mean, Sanchez this is, is on terrible. a Thursday. It's not going to be packed. Yeah. Yeah. James will be super annoying either way. He's not flying in until later. Oh really? Yeah, he's fine at like nine. His his new job, I don't know. He he's working too hard. I'm concerned about him. He's actually working. That's what it is. <laughs> he's no longer somebody you can hide on like a team of five. He's like very tippy top. Every time we talk to him, he's like, "I'm working." The guys have a freaking working machine now. Yeah.